You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. Welcome back to the Resilient Humans Podcast. And this is a special episode for a couple of reasons. One, I have Ingrid with me. She's going to be helping me with this uh, interview. And we have Sammy Siren here. Now, I was going to read this little intro here, uh, just like a little background stuff, but I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Right before we pushed record, she had to run out and fill up her water and she sang about doing it on the way out. And then I said to Ingrid, she's exactly like you. You just sing the things that you're doing in the day. And she goes, well, that's how I express myself. So Sammy, thank you for expressing yourself. Oh, and what a joy to be seen and heard and validated for who I am. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. You're welcome for expressing myself. <laughs> it just, yeah. We looked at each other. We're like, that's amazing. It was so, anyway. Because you're always singing the things. I'm going to get a notebook. Here I go. Mm-hmm. And how good does right? it feel? Right? Doesn't it feel so yummy and delicious in your body? Always, always. I do it around the house. I do it in my classes. Some of my uh, clients make fun of me for it, but that's who I am and that's what I do. And not, to, make- not only does it make her feel good, it makes everybody around her feel good. It's that energy, right? Yeah. And when people make fun of us, I wonder if it's just that they're jealous. They want that. Definitely. They want that little thing, right? 100%. Yep. Yeah. And, and I haven't unlike- always done it. Have you always done it? I find the older I get and the more comfortable I am with myself as a person or, you know, the less I really care about what other people think, the more I notice myself doing it. Do you, would I you mean, feel that way? Or have you always just been a singer? I've been on stage since I'm six years old. This is who I am through and through. Yeah. However, I did stop for a long period of time because I was Mm. severely depressed and anxious. That's also a part of my story. So when we're talking about resiliency, singing helped me build resiliency. I cannot wait to hear about that. This is awesome. (laughs) Can you give us a little bit of background on you? Like you say you've been been doing this since you were six years old. Go go back there and tell us like what's been this uh, evolution for you? How'd you get started and stuff? Well, my parents put me in soccer when I was six years old and I put on shows on the soccer field. So they said, put that kid in theater. And I did that for the rest of my life. Um, I was braiding other girls hair on the soccer field. And yeah, they pretty much just said, get that kid in theater. My parents were, were theater people. They were audience members. Um, and we sang Barbara Streisand and Liza Minnelli around the house and watched musicals and listened to Carol King and James Taylor and the Beatles. My parents raised me listening to really good music. And I, that was my after-school activity. And I grew up in South Florida where the theater world was um, highly funded when I was a kid. So I had a lot of opportunity to go from after-school program to, I have a, I, I received a scholarship in musical theater to a private high school, which gave me so much opportunity and taught me so much about responsibility and made me, a, I had to be a straight A student to keep my scholarship. I had to keep after school activities till 10 PM doing theater and high school. I performed for thousands of people on stage at a state event. And then I went to one of the best musical theater schools in the country for 
for my craft uh, at Penn State University. And I learned speech level singing. So I, I went there because I was like, I want to learn how to sing anything. I was already a great actress. I was already really funny. Um, I had a lot of stage presence, but I actually couldn't sing anything. And singing was my weakest point in the in singing, acting, dancing, in my opinion. I never thought, I, I didn't think that I had the greatest voice. Um, so I, in fact, because I was always surrounded by these talented people, by these wonderful, like most of my classmates are on Broadway, are some of them are famous on TV. Um, I just never thought that I was good enough. And so I was a flash forward. I was singing on a cruise in Portland, Oregon, on this little riverboat cruise. I was a cruise director, using my voice all the time, singing professionally, literally making a living, getting paid decent money to sing and travel. And I turned around to my bass player and I said, I don't love doing this. I just, I don't love doing this. I'm being someone else. Um, I'm, I'm nervous all the time. I'm anxious that I'm not good enough all the time. I was just so disassociated from my body. And I had also spent a lifetime with a very strong, uh, journey to mental wellness. I like to put it, you know, words are important. I really fought the mental illness thing at when I was a teenager, but I had very high anxiety, very high functioning anxiety and depression and chronic pain. And my family just didn't know what to do with me. I was in and out of doctors for a lot of, a lot of my teenage years because of it. Um, I was in the hospital once for, for migraines that just had no rhyme or reason. Um, and then when I was on the boat, when I was in that stage of my life, I was like, okay, I have an opportunity because I can't leave this boat to learn about my health. And that's how I found out about precision nutrition took a huge 180 in my life, like huge. Right. Uh, because in theater, I was eating subway and McDonald's and ordering food. And I had no idea that that inflammation was creating all these issues in my body. So I spent those two years on the boat. I took a, I did, I went through their year long program and took a full year to lose 60 pounds and completely change my habits and my life and love myself and my body and come from a place rather than dieting and keto and all this BS from a place of real loving myself and giving myself the nutrition that I needed to thrive. That's also when I found out about mindset work. It's funny, like these steps that you take where you're like, I found out about mindset work and now it's just, you just live it. Right. Um, and, uh, so I left the boat saying the whole world needs to know I'm becoming a nutrition coach. I'm getting into fitness coaching, et cetera, et cetera. I'm leaving theater behind for now. I had intentions to go back and COVID hit. And I just went full force with this part of my passion. Um, and then Mark England came into my awareness and story work. And what was beautiful about story work is it came at a time that I was in a relationship with a sociopathic malignant narcissist. And I used story work and the language work to translate the gaslighting out of my head in real time while it was happening, had support from coaches in this community. And I was building resiliency with myself. The way that I see that time in my life, it was, I was already living that toxic relationship with myself in my head over and over. And this human was just my mirror for what was happening in my head. And so it just, it just showed me so much of what I needed to heal. And I did, I was fully committed to healing. Took a hot minute, took about two years to come out on the other side of that. Um, but I was committed from day one because I knew trauma lived in the body from all my research and all the chronic pain research. And, 
And, um, also Mark on my level one call took me through all my pain stories and releasing those and imagining what life could look like without pain. What could life look like? What could I do? And when I finally met Mark in person, I hugged him and said, I've done all of those things. I've done every single one of those things. What's interesting is that I'm not sure. I'm curious now as I'm speaking into this, I'm not sure where singing was in my life. It was just so out of my periphery. I had taken the identity away of a performer as a singer. And when I was in this healing work, when I left that relationship and jumped in, in right smack dab in the middle of a community of healers and coaches all in this community who took me in, showed me how to be in my body, showed me how to love myself further, how to heal, how to stop being addicted to the chaos and the narcissism and to really enjoy peace and uh, take up space again. I started singing again in small ways at our parties, like the music would cut out and I would sing this little light of mine. Uh, like that's, it would just happen, you know, or hanging out in the woods, all camping, the music cuts out, somebody's playing with the light up hula hoop. And I just start this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. And just over and over. Cause it felt good in my body. Not because someone was telling me to do it, not because I was trying to entertain, not because I wanted to sound good, but because it felt so yummy and juicy and delicious (laughs) in my body and everything changed. And that's when I started really singing again. And that's how I developed somatic singing, singing from the body rather than the mind. We're we're diving, we're diving into that. Oh, beautiful. Mark England's name has obviously been brought up a lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've, had, we've had a lot, a few episodes, well, one with him himself. And then uh, a lot of enlifted uh, coaches have come on very similar stories, feeling like they were kind of dumped into this amazing community of help and support. And um, a lot of them have that very similar story to you. Have you, have you ever heard or been in contact with Bethany Clark in the enlifted community? I've seen her name. You should reach out to her. This is okay. this is like off to the side here, but it's being recorded. Um, but you should reach out to her because what you just said is that trauma lives in the body. She's a massage therapist that uses the Enlifted method to help her massage clients release that trauma. And then she starts the manual manipulations. Mm. Crazy to see. And it's something that you know, you just talked about, you know, creating this somatic singing. She's created the, a very similar thing, but with massage therapy. So could you imagine if both of your worlds collided, collided and joined? Like, anyway, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of things. Um, the other thing you talked about was you just did it because your body felt like it, not because you were trying to entertain. Yeah. I've done that as well, but with physical things, like I just feel like kicking up into a handstand sometimes. Not, I'm not doing it to entertain anybody. And sometimes I'm alone when I do it, but I just want to get upside down and walk on my hands. It just feels good. And so where does that, where do you think that comes from for yourself when it comes to singing? Where, where does that like drive or, or spark come from? Well, it comes from right here in my, in my heart space. This is where it comes from physically, uh, somatically and spiritually. 
I, I, for me, I know I channel when I sing, I don't know how woo woo I can get on here. I'll keep the woo to a minimum on this. I you know I went over here for like okay. grounded people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of into the woo woo. I'd say, keep it up. Okay, cool. Well, for <laughs> me, like this is in my opinion, this is God moving through me. I, a lot of my music, especially I'm making, we call a transformational house music with my partner and a lot of the spoken word and the singing that I'm, I'm putting into that dance music is very powerful language. My, the first thing I ever sang with him is I am here to activate the voices. And that, that comes from God that comes from source that comes from an energy that is bigger than me. I had to heal and get out of my own way. Cause I had a fear of taking up space. A lot of the stopping singing was I'm afraid to take up space. I'm afraid to be seen. I'm afraid to think that I'm important. But the more I sing and the more I speak the, and the more I express myself. And, and that's so beautiful about how you started this podcast is that you started with, thank you for expressing yourself. Cause it's just confirmation, validation, keep going, keep putting yourself out there, take up space, take up space. And the more I do that, the more I inspire other people to do that. It's noticeable. You can tell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She you can, blows when she talks about it. You can tell when somebody is being their true selves very easily. Yeah. Because they're the same way when no one's looking that when, then when people are looking. Right. Like you can walk into a room and Ingrid's belting out a song and you're like, she's, she's her right now. <laughs> she wasn't doing that for anybody else, but her, you can, you can just tell. Mm. So I like that you talked about that, that it's kind of the, the source. I mean, there's tons of different names for that. You can call it God, the source energy, like whatever you want to call it, mother nature. Um, that's, but it's organic. It's, it's, yeah. it's pure and almost or unexplainable we can talk about it in the scientific way let's let's go polyvagal theory let's include that in here we're toning i'm calming my nervous system by singing mm -hmm. there's a reason why our ancestors and and these and tribes pass down these oral traditions of song it's because we're vibrating ourselves we're vibrating ourselves from the inside out so there's a scientific reason for it too that i love i'm famous I'm famous for singing in the cold plunge. I love Ooh, it. Yeah, I do my, not sing in my cold plunge. Okay. We, not yet. Anyway. We both cold plunge. I've been doing it for just over a year now. Um, tell me about that. Yeah. Tell me about your experience. <laughs> Please. Well, um, the first time I cold plunged was when I was in that relationship and I was just in so much emotional pain. I was, I, I would have done any, I was doing anything possible to move the emotional pain. It was only four months. I'll say that it was a very short time. I've written a book about it. I just, I think yesterday I came to the conclusion. I will most likely not publish the book because it's not what I want to be known for. I don't mm. want to be known for my time with a narcissist, but it's really well-written. So we'll see what happens. There you go. Um, publish it under another name. That's a good idea. Like, give it away. I imagine, I'll, I mean, I'm, I'm writing a song about it. Uh, there's, there's ways that it'll come through. It's just to finish it. I'm not called to finish it right now. I'm really called. I feel like I'm hiding behind my voice when I'm just writing in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if I come back to it, great right now, whatever. Um, there's a chapter and, and a day it was Christmas day, 2020. And I was just 
I was just in it. I was in the hollowness and the, my throat, I was throwing up. I wasn't eating. Um, and I lived in Seattle right by the Puget sound, right by a five minute walk. And I walked to the water and it's freezing. And every morning I watched this group of, of seniors cold plunge. And I was like, they're so brave. Mm-hmm. And every day they'd be like, you can join us. You can join us. You can join us. And this is before I was in this community. And I, well, I was in the enlifted, but before I like was friends with the people in this community and on Christmas day, I showed up in my bathing suit and I watched them go in and I was covered up. It was freezing. And finally, I remember just, I, 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 it was like, I wasn't even thinking about it. I just took my clothes off and I went head first into the water and my whole body shook. And I just came out like a warrior woman and they're all cheering for me. Mm-hmm. And I started singing in order to move the energy in order to move the, and I, it wasn't conscious. It just happened. And then fast forward, when I started doing cold plunging more intentionally, I was with a friend who is a breathwork practitioner and, um, a, a all these coaches around me who do it all the time. And he says to me, hum, it'll make it easier. He knew I was a singer mm-hmm. and, and it just clicked and it just happened. And then I was able to bring singing into the mix. And I have this, the only video I've had that's gone viral or viral, like exploded, had like 12,000 reactions, right. Um, was me singing in, a it was full on ice. So people could tell that it was a cold plunge. And, uh, the, I believe the caption was something about, uh, finally using my voice after narcissism about releasing, um, my, my throat chakra after being gaslit and trusting someone else's voice over my own. And, uh, yeah. And I, I, I just remember that just feeling so good in that cold plunge. Like, it's not even that I'm like, Oh, I need to do this to release anything. I'm like, okay, how can I feel better than I do right now? Sing. That's how I feel better. Um, and now I do it all the time. And I notice that when I guide people to sing while they're in the cold plunge, it's a lot easier for them. They're able to connect to their breath faster. They're able to relax into the cold plunge. Um, and you know, I think everyone has that relationship with music. If you don't have that relationship with music, okay. I'm sorry. Um, but most people have the relationship with music. <laughs> it makes them feel a certain way. It makes them feel better. We're going to do something hard, put on our favorite song. You know, my, my cold now cold showering is another conversation. I really hate cold showering, but I do it because it's necessary. Um, my song for that is don't stop believing. <laughs> so, you know, we've got our song. It's a good that one. Gets us through. Mm-hmm. Funny yeah, say so Kevin's got a song that gets him through heavy lifting. And I always put it on when he's about to like do a PR. That's true. Stepping up to the barbell and I crank it for him every what time. Is it? Be- Beastie what is Boys. It? Sabotage by Beastie Boys. <laughs> God. I could run through a brick wall. And you should see his body, playing. the energy in his body when he hears that song. It's totally different from anything else. It's incredible, actually. You mm-hmm. can just see it. He feels it. I remember going to, um, we went to. But for you, it's associated with something as well, is it not? Not really. Okay. I mean, kind of. Okay. So we went to Orlando Studios um, down in Florida. And one of the rides is called the Rocket Ride. 
and there's a screen in front of you and you can select the song that you want to have played while you're going through like G force, crazy roller coaster rides and stuff. I threw that song on and it made the experience a thousand times better. Cause I was like, I was so amped up. I was already amped up because I'm on a roller coaster. And I love those. But with mm-hmm. the, that song playing literally in my ears while I'm doing it, yeah, it was a completely different experience. It was really, really neat. Music changes the experience of everything. You know, when I was an elementary school music teacher, I used to have children watch film clips on mute and then have them watch it with the music and then watch their emotions change. It, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. That's true. And we've talked about that as a, a CrossFit coaches, mm-hmm. your music dictates the atmosphere and the mood of the class. Mm-hmm. Like if you just play like, I don't know, hum hum music. I don't know how to describe music. <laughs> I'm not musically. I was going to re- reference your mom's class, but she, yes. she might listen to this She's podcast. Definitely gonna listen to this. Yeah. It's very old timey style stuff. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do anything other than waltz. Right. Mm-hmm. We often do, like, mm, but they're her class or mom's class is all like sixty years old and plus, so they might um, like it. They like that. That's their thing. That's their jam, right? Mm-hmm. But for everybody else, it's a little different. So, yeah. Anyway, but music changes your experience of anything. I think anything that you're experiencing is changed by the sound that's involved with it. So, go ahead. I was gonna say so. What if everyone learns how to unlock their inner music? Right. So tell me, I'd love what, to hear how you what does that encourage mean? people to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it depends. I Right now I'm working one-on-one with people. Voice lessons are all an experiment. Every person's an experiment because everyone has a different voice. However, similar patterns show up over and over. So I, when I work with someone, I'm looking at, okay, what are the patterns that I'm noticing now? And what exercises do I have that are going to move them through that? But it's the same with story work. I put in over 250 story work sessions. I was doing purely story work coaching with people around multitude of things around trauma, around, uh, business over the past two and a half years that I've been doing story work. Um, so I just put in so many sessions there. And so mixing it with voice coaching, it's so powerful. So each person is is slightly different, but you notice the same stories, right? When you notice someone having, using absolute language, like a hundred percent, a hundred percent, I bet I would put money on it that they have an all or nothing mindset that they're looking at something in in black and white. Mm. So uh, beginning to notice those patterns similar with vocal patterns, if I notice someone's like speaking down here in their, in their lower range like this, and they're choking down on their larynx, um, they're afraid of taking up space. That was very clear to me with a client this last week. Uh, I start, I had my first session with a new client and I'm so excited. It was such, cause he's, uh, he's going to do such beautiful work in the breathwork world and he wants to sing in his sessions and, and he's about to go travel and, um, and I'm, I'm just really excited to, to be guiding him right now. And I could tell that there were a lot of stories coming up around his voice because he spoke down here. And even though he had a, he's a tenor, he's a tenor trying to speak like a bass. Oh, and dear. that's like and a tall person walking around hunched. Exactly. Well, he's a, he's a shorter man. 
Right. So you're, you nailed it that there's part of it that has to do with his body. Right. Mm-hmm. As we said, like being in your body. So, um, so I imagine that there were stories around what it means to be a man around his height, around taking up space, around not being able to take up more space. And then, um, and also around his family and what singing meant. So we actually started with doing story work around things that his parents said that we're not singers. Our family, we love music, but we're not singers. So we did some story work around that, hugely powerful. His breath completely shifted. This man is a breathwork practitioner and was living up in his shoulders with his breath. Mm. So connecting, and so it's amazing to me, and this is kind of a tangent, now I'm just like going on it because I'm excited, but um, it's amazing to me, all these breathwork practitioners who aren't connecting their stories to their breath, they're practicing breathwork, they're practicing resiliency, but haven't connected their language to what's happening in their body yet. They haven't put it into their day-to-day and definitely haven't with their voice, which if we're doing all this breathwork and we're not applying it to real life, um, what's the point breath it's to keep us alive. And it's also to create the noise, to create the sounds. That's how the vocal cords work breath. So making those connections and he just completely released, completely changed, um, his breath pattern. And then when we were singing and I, and I, I felt the story in him, a lot of this work is very intuitive, um, I felt the story in him of a fear of taking up space. We got to his body. We got really silly. We made different like animal noises. And um, part of my job is I get to be my weird self with people. Like I get yeah. to be my weird self with adults. And that's part of, and, and people have asked me if I want to work with children and sure, like I can work with kids, but I more want to like bring the kids out in adults <clears throat> because that's what we need. That's, that's what the world needs. We need more mm-hmm. inner children. Mm-hmm more healed in our children. I've done more animal sounds with children than I care to remember (laughs) (laughs) and acting and acting like the animals. Oh, that's actually one of my favorite things to do. Um, I was just curious though, how did you notice, uh, as he became a little bit more connected with what was happening with his body and his breath work that the pitch and timbre of his voice kind of changed? Did he, did he keep it down there or did he start to, bring it out. Mm -hmm. As soon as we brought forward that story, I said, you know, let's move through that fear of taking up space, his eyes, like he had that cognitive shift. And then his voice was more powerful. It went from down here to on the voice. He had more breath support in there. And I asked him if he could recognize the difference. Um, Because often when we're making these different sounds with our voice, we think it's very extreme, right? Like right Mm. here, I'm like speaking off of my voice and it really, you might not understand if it's not a trained ear, like Kevin, you might not really hear much other than I sound more monotone. Sounds higher to me. Well, here is on my voice and it's really just a larynx shift. Yep. You're in the center of it. Yes. Yes. To the person speaking, it might feel really extreme, but it doesn't to the listener. So that's the biggest shift. I, I, you know, gave him some, uh, confidence around. I know you might think that you sound completely different. It's very slight, but my limbic system is picking up everything. That's amazing. So cool. 
Wow. And now this, he's going on vacation, you said. So what's going to happen with him next? He's taking well, some of this and, and just going to work with it as he goes along. Well, we're going to work together for six weeks and then he's going on vacation. He's traveling the world to different healing centers around the world. So he's oh. going to start nomading there and taking this work so that he can show up. And because especially when he goes to Bali, there's a lot of people who are collecting around music and healing. So he'll be able to show up and feel really like he, like he knows something, like he knows how to use his voice to pick up these different, um, these different songs and these different modalities. How, how does somebody recognize their own vocal patterns and, and then what they can do to change them? What a great question. First, we start by writing down what's inside. Beautiful. Write it down and then speak it out loud because we need to make that separation. It's like the problem with, with, with talk therapy, in my opinion, is we're just, we're on repeat and don't make the separation between what we're actually saying and what's like internally and what's coming out of our mouths. So my method is taking someone to, first of all, they'll start talking a bit. I'll, I'll repeat it back to them. Did you hear what you just said? Oh, no, I didn't. Would you, are you open to writing that down? Sure. Yeah. Let's write it down. Let's notice what happens in your voice. Can here's a, and here's B let's say it twice. How does that feel? Can you notice the difference of what happens? So being able to take it down to a step-by-step system, and then over time, you're learning how to observe. So how does somebody, you got to learn how to pay attention. You can also record yourself and listen, but truthfully, at first, you're not going to be able to, to understand or you're not understand. You know, there's the cognitive part, the logic part, and then there's the inner standing, um, how to shift it. You're just going to go, oh, my voice is too high. Oh, it sounds terrible. Rather ju- than- judging mode. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that I had, I had a client in yesterday and she would, she said something and it was like machine gun mouth, like just thousand words a minute. And I said, can you say that last thing you, sh- you just said just slower? She goes, I don't remember what I said. It was so fast. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. so let's, let's practice slowing it down. And the easiest way to do that, is pick up a pen and start writing it. And it's like, she, it was like a cognitive shift again. She's like, oh, that's how you do it. Right. And did you also notice a change in her body positioning so and how she held herself as soon as the pen was picked up there was a deep breath it was mm. amazing to see and i go oh that was a nice mm. breath she goes oh i didn't even notice like you don't even notice yourself when you breathe what'd she say she said this was the sentence she said she goes i sigh a lot that was the sentence or the thing that she said i go let's let's rephrase that and write this down I release a lot. And she goes, Oh, wow. Like that, that hit her like a, like an A-bomb. It was crazy to see the shift happening. She goes, yeah, that that's exactly what it is. It's me trying to release. Those are the things that I noticed. Yeah. Oh, we did a few uh, mystical translations with her. Yeah. 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 I know who who he's talking about. Yeah. It was a really good session. So I I enjoyed it. That's excellent. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about this somatic singing? I know you talked about it at the start, but I just spill it. Tell us everything 
about it, how you discovered it and, and how you use it for not only yourself, but for the clients that you help. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's so cool about it is it all happened intuitively. It all happened naturally. I studied speech level singing. I'll start with this background. I was very mathematical and logical with singing all throughout school, all throughout my life, every professional contract, I would get the music and I would write down the solfege on the paper. I would learn a song by writing. Good for Which, you. Yes. But also <laughs> like I was very, well, I was disassociated. I didn't know what it meant to be in my body until about two years ago. I was right. just so it was separate. Separate. Mm-hmm. The music was outside of me. Mm. And oh, I got into a car accident. Uh, February, 2022. And I was supposed to talk to Mark England the next morning. And I messaged him. I was, uh, I'll, I'll admit this. It's all right to admit I am safe. Um, I was drunk driving and it was during a very dark time of addiction to chaos. Um, I've, uh, consistently on the road to recovery of addiction of many sorts, the foundation of which is addiction to dopamine, addiction to my emotions. That's how it all starts, right? Um, and it's it's an important part of the story because singing is what's helped me and what continues to help me move through that to become a more whole version of myself. And um, I'm on I'm on the next phase of that right now. I'm completely off of nicotine, which is wild. I'm doing real well with that right now. And singing is just singing and dancing are the only way through for me. And, uh, um, so I got into a car accident and I was just at the depths of the low of my life and wondering how I got there again and, you know, reached out to my friends, reach out to Mark England, reach out to all the people and receive support. But it wasn't until everyone, I was staying at a friend's house. I was about to move to Austin. It was like days before I was moving to Austin. I was leaving Oregon And I was in my friend's house and I put on Vienna by Billy Joel. Slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile. (laughs) (laughs) But then if you're so smart, tell me why are you still so afraid? Mm -hmm. And it just spoke to me. And it was, it was once again, it was spirit moving through the music to give me a message. You were ready to hear it. Yeah. Slow down. It's okay. You're okay. You're Mm -hmm. safe. You don't need to have it all figured out right now. You're 27. It's okay. I'm still just a kid. Right. I'm like, I'm 28. I'm about to be 29. I'm like, Oh, I'm actually figuring things out now. This is what it feels like to figure things out. And, um, and the only way to do that is through anyway, I was listening to the song and I played it upwards of 27 times, like so many times. And I started singing it and no one was home. And I, and I looked at the words and I stopped thinking about the melody and it was just about the story. And it was just about the words and the melody moved through me and I felt it in my body for the first time. And I recognized what it was like to learn a song through the story and through the emotion rather than through the, the getting the notes right. And which is so much a part of musical theater, get the notes right first. And then you add, and it just, it never, that never clicked. Mm. And, and I remember it never clicking when I was in school. I remember my teachers trying to teach me how to feel 
And, but they didn't have the language. They didn't know about somatics. And that's why I'm very excited to bring this to the theater world too. I'm very excited to bring trauma-informed work to theaters and to, to these students because they're being traumatized by their programs and they don't even know it, which we can come back to. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I started to feel it and my voice opened up and all of a sudden I could riff. And all of a sudden I could do all these ridiculous things with my voice that I could never do before. And all of a sudden I had four and a half octaves and I was like, what's going on here? Oh, somatics. <laughs> I'm in my body. Oh, how do I keep practicing this? And so I just, I kept practicing it. And then I taught it to a friend and she loved it. And she very quickly picked up on what I was teaching. Um, and we kept pausing because her inner child would come forward and be scared and she was afraid to make noise. So I brought all of the coaching work that I did and all the healing work into it. And it, it just clicked and it continues to click. And, um, it's just so powerful and so exciting. And I ask, do you have a particular lace in your emotional state that you need to be in to make that possible. I know for me, sometimes when I feel upset, sometimes I cannot physically get myself to that place where I'm expressing myself through my voice. Hmm. Do you, have you had that? Does it, do you, is there a certain level of self, uh, calm or self-awareness or a particular emotion that you need to evoke to actually get you yourself there? Or have you kind of passed, passed through that and, and are just able to summon? There's totally, sense? yeah, there's many different ways I could answer that. Can I answer that with a question? <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, when you, well, first of all, when you just said upset, you just held your throat. Did you notice yep. that? Okay. Yes. What came up for you there? What was, uh, or what does work? when you're in that place? Breathing. Mm. Just the breathing, I think, until I feel things are open enough to let more air out through my vocal cords. But uh, yeah, sort of a choking sensation. Like, you know, when you're trying to cut off your tears and you get that lump in your throat. Sometimes I find it impossible to express myself through song when I'm in a, a particular emotional state. Mm. So do you have any sort of suggestions on how you can reopen that or is it just breathe through it and, and, and do your best? Yeah. Meet it where it's at. Yeah. Okay. And the foundation of singing is breath anyway, right? What's the first exercise we do with people is breathing. Um, so, I mean, I would guide you through, um, you have that lump in your throat, noticing, uh, what shape it is, what color it is. Does it have anything it wants to say? Does it remind you of anything earlier? Mm -hmm. So I would personally intuitively guide you through that lump. And then if, and when you're ready to sing or speak or whatever, only when you're safe, go. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it is, um, a feeling of safety perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Great questions, by the way. I'm just, oh, I'm just observing here. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> She's brought up so many things I actually would like to talk to her about later, but <laughs> I'm writing other texts. <laughs> yeah. Um, you said, uh, you began with speech level singing. I would like you to kind of describe that for any of our listeners who may not be meeting you at your level right now. 
I think yeah. Kevin might even be saying, okay, what is that? What is speech level singing? Come on. Yeah. Good, good Anything question. that you can speak, you can sing. It's pretty mm. simple. That's the foundation. Yep. That's classical training. Bel canto can belto. That is where I, that's my background. Um, and it, I love it for novices because it's so simple and it feels like, oh, I can do that. So especially with belting with like these big sounds, it sounds better when we speak it more. So, okay. mm-hmm. uh, notice how she backed off. She's getting louder. She back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I have I've a loud voice. A I back voice. off too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm often afraid to sing in the car with people because my voice is too big for the car, <laughs> but I do it anyway. Yeah. I was like, I no. want to hear your loud voice, right? <laughs> <laughs> Show me your loud voice. Make it messy. Make it messy. Right now? It <laughs> she said this is going to happen. Uh, you know, just give her right. Whatever yeah. I'm feeling, whatever I'm hearing. And, uh, I actually, my mom has a big voice too. And I always tried to shut her up when I was a kid. She says, you know, I, you always used to tell me to stop singing when we were in the car. And I said, because your voice would take up the whole sound space of the car. And now my daughter does it to me sometimes too. She says, mommy, when you sing, I can't hear anything else. (laughs) But she sings now too. For sure. I did that to my mom. (laughs) Mom, you take up so much space. Right. She does. But I love her. That's what makes her so wonderful. So it makes my mom so wonderful and charming. Take Um, took you a while to figure it out though, right? I imagine I'll continue time. figuring it out until I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little older than you. I, I figured it out already. <laughs> um, yeah. Speech level singing. It's so, uh, it's so simple. So when I'm speaking up here, I can sing anything up here. And I just come back to speaking. It's the same thing. It's just more breath and held out. It's the same thing. Um, it's really fun when we start doing my, my boyfriend's a music producer, right? So, and we're just, the music is what brings us together. It's perfect dream relationship in that way. And, uh, but he loves my singing exercises. He just nerds out on my singing exercises, what I do around the house. Um, and in the studio, right before I get to the mic. And one of these is called, it's a call. So I'm, I'm afraid of like how loud this is going to be on the microphone. I really don't want to hurt people's ears if they're wearing AirPods, but like, hey, taxi is one of my basic ones. Hey, taxi. I'll keep it lower pitched. That helps. Hey, taxi. Hey, taxi. Hey, taxi. Hey, taxi. And the more you speak something, literally the better it sounds. When we're telling a story through song, when it's super sung out and all the way, it's, you get tired as a listener, but if it's, if it's spoken more, we're able to have more nuance in the, in the tones. And it's funny because as a student in college, I just didn't get that until my senior year. I remember when it clicked and we were doing like a Billy Joel tribute for a senior event we were performing at. And my teacher was like, speak it even more, speak it even more, speak it even more. And my friend looks at me, he goes, oh my God, I finally get it. You do sound better when you speak it more than you sing it. And I was like, oh, Mm. okay. Well, there are more spaces. Mm. Ooh. Right. <laughs> well, I'm a classically trained pianist and my, one of my professors used to say, play the rests. 
Don't play. Mm. You're playing the notes, but you also have to play the rests. And I really took that to heart because, you know, the space that you create in the music makes the music more meaningful. So when we digest. Yeah. And that's one of the things when I work with people who are giving speeches and it's a great reminder for myself to pause, breathe, breathe. Kevin and I are actually actors, uh, sort of on the side here in town. And we do a lot of that, a lot of pausing. Well, it's almost at a necessity because a lot of our acting is comedies. <laughs> so we literally have to wait, we have to wait for people to stop for laughing, people to stop at laughing. Us. So the pauses are kind of built in for us, mm-hmm. but on those moments where it's more serious, I, f- I found myself almost counting when I was more yeah, novice, you have an emotional we, scene. Yeah. I'd be like, something. okay, mm-hmm. one, two, three. And then I say my line, but mm. I want to go back to what you said way earlier in that it like, instead of reading the notes, like I would read my lines, embody it and, mm. and play to the feeling as opposed to just saying yes. the words that's, I have a play coming up in the fall and that's uh, a lesson that I'm going to take into um, yes. my line rehearsals and memory. memory what, are, it, so. what is the emotional basis of it? Yeah. I freak my uh, young piano students out about that all the time. Well, what is this? <laughs> what, what is this piece? What is it doing? It's called the wind or whatever. Right. So mm. let's make it sound that way you know, which is actually completely counterintuitive to the way I was taught. I was a classically trained person. So it was all about, like you said, learn the notes and then we'll add the expression. It, it, and then that, what that does is it just makes the music into math and not. That seems know. robotic. And you yeah. can tell, you can tell easily with an actor mm-hmm. if they just memorize the lines or if they embodied the character that they're portraying. And it's, I'm, it's the exact same with music. Do, 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 like you can tell somebody who's just playing notes or who's just singing the lines versus somebody that has embodied that, that song or that, that music that they're singing. So it's, it's very, very apparent. It goes back to her Billy Joel moment. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Can I make an invitation, Kevin? Mm. Go for it. I invite you to sing your lines. Yeah. And I'll notice, notice the emotion, what emotions come up when you're singing. I'm so and excited. Then- <laughs> I'm so excited. Sure? Right I, well, okay. I do this with my speech clients, with my clients who have a big public, like, what if you sang your Ted talk? What if you sang your Ted talk? What would happen? How would that change your pauses, your breath, your commitment, your confidence, sing it. And then I'm smiling. I can't stop smiling. Just your thinking faces. about that right now. Right. Yeah. It's hilarious. So you know what? and I've never sung my lines either. No, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to do it too. I'm, I have a uh, challenging time with memorizing oh, and I feel <laughs> so I have this strategy I use called word bridges. I don't, know I always I, make fun of him for his word bridges. If I invented them, but if I have to go from one line to a next, the last, the, the last word and the first word of the next sentence, I create a story in my head about how can I bridge it to the next thing? If they're unrelated lines, but that's because you're attaching importance to just the words. Correct. Right. So I'm, I, I already have the script, so I'll, uh, I'll go through my first scene and, and see I how that goes. Get in touch with the emotional section first, just to see. Yeah. I don't know. God. Anyway. We're not, we're not coached actors, right? We, we just do the work ourselves as community theater pre- people. We're so. good. Don't get me oh. wrong. 
like I believe thousands, it. thousands of people come see us. Right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the theater holds 200 and there's usually four or five nights so yeah anyway but i mean you know we do the work on our own we're not we're not directed per se uh no i watched the video at like after we get it months down the road and i'm like right. oh that was ugh. and then oh i did really well there right so <laughs> it's always way way after that we get that feedback so yes but that's awesome. what happens when you have a show that you only get to do three or four times. It's true. When yeah, I was yeah. a dinner theater musician, we would do a show hundreds of times and it would become better and better and better every time. Yeah. yeah. Longer every time as well. Oh my God. <laughs> I, flashbacks. <laughs> I bet we have a lot in common. Yes. That we do. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here in Moncton. That's what, that's what was my first job here in Moncton. I ran a theater. So yeah it's like a like a sitcom with food <laughs> and sometimes roller skates and sometimes roller skates right Xanadu. yeah <laughs> i'd like to ask you as as we're finishing up here i'd like to ask you i ask all my guests this question and it's uh if you could have or give one piece of practical advice so somebody that's listening that they could go out and do once mm -hmm. they're done listening to this what a piece of advice would you give to help them become a more resilient human? I can, if you're just listening to this, she's embodying the question right now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I would offer taking these steps. One, we've talked a lot about breath today. Start paying attention to your breath when mm. you're holding your breath, when you're using your breath. And then on top of that, just like I just did, you notice I sighed, start humming. When you're in pain, when you're scared, when you're happy, notice and hum. If you have kids, if you have a baby, your baby is the perfect oh. practice because one of my clients, he started to, nice. yeah, mm. notice how that baby's picking up because they pick up your tone. They don't understand your words. They understand your breath and your tone mm. and your at some point, your facial expressions, I don't know when that kicks in, but when you're first, when they're first born a newborn, all they can do is hear and feel the vibrations. So breathe step one, step two, start to hum and tone with yourself. You are a tuning fork of your own vibration. <laughs> and then step three, if there's something you love to sing, take note, what is it that you love to sing and sing it every day? hum it every day while you're cooking, while you're cleaning, doing your dishes in your car, whatever it is, and notice what shifts in your life. Notice if you wake up happier, notice, notice what's different. Notice how your body feels. Just notice. Love it. Man. I love it too. Those are really good uh, tips. I, I feel I'm like this whole podcast was a bunch of tangents. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love that. And there is so much more meat of this process with her that we could be getting into right now. Absolutely. I well, I know what I'm going to do. I want a part two on this one. I'm I'm going to do the cold tub okay. humming. You're going to do the mm. cold tub humming. Yeah. yeah. I, think I, I have a big 150 gallon tug tub in my garage. So I'm going to, usually I do a dance <laughs> before I get into it. I always do this. Like, it's like a dance to hype myself up and then I just jump in and then that's it. I can stay in for five to 10 minutes. Mm but the humming will be different for me. 
And actually, I talked about this before. Uh, I found that I can stop if I'm shivering. I can stop the shivering on my exhales if I extend them and focus on them, which I found was very fascinating. So the inhales, it would shiver. And then as soon as I'd exhale, everything was calmed down. Mm. Is that not, is the exhalation not the most important part of the breath? It's what down regulates everything. And that's stop my shivering, which is kind of neat. Sammy, please tell us and our listeners how they can find you. We're going to include all this in the show notes, but how can they find out more about you and uh, what you have to offer? Right now, the best way to get in touch with me is Instagram, or you can go to my website. Uh, my Instagram is Sammy, S-A-M-M-I, Siren Music. Sammy Siren Music. You can contact me there. That's where all my music stuff is. With all of my tips and vocal coaching and such, it's Sammy the Story Siren, because we're calling in the stories. And, um, and then my, my website is Sammy Siren Music. I will have more on SoundCloud coming up, but right now that's all work in progress and you'll know when that releases through my Instagram. Love it. I love it so much. Sammy, thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad we connected. Uh, I think we were on a, like a, a zoom call or something and it's mm -hmm. like, yep, I'll get on. We'll make it happen. I'm so glad that it happened and everything aligned. This has been an excellent and amazing episode and definitely outside of my realm, like I said at the start, but so valuable because you just gave me a ton of things that I can actually go out and do. So that's excellent. Beautiful. I'm just glad that to meet this incredible person that I feel like I have so much in common yeah. with. Yeah. You guys that um, you need to talk. Yeah. We're going to talk sure. later. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. This is beautiful. Thank you so I much for having connections. Me. That's amazing. All right. Thanks, Sammy. Take Thank care. You. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest episodes. Be sure to subscribe and I'll see you next time.